While you take your seats, can you just give this worship team an appreciation? couple of weeks I've been so aware of how intricately God knows every man and woman you might sit here tonight and feel like I don't even know where I am with God but God is so involved in your life as you sit here tonight he knows you he knew that the clothes that you'll be wearing today he knew that you will be in church tonight. He knows you so well that the Bible says that He has numbered your hair on your head. Some of us have got much less counting than others. But He knows every hair on your head. It's like He's counted every single one of them. That's how involved He is in your life. For most of you that's married will know that this. There's things that we love to discover about our spouses. But none of you have ever been so intricately drawn to the discovery of your spouse that you've counted the hairs on their head. <laughs> if you have, please come and just share that with us. That will be amazing. Marriage camp testimony. But that's how well God knows us. And He's brought you here tonight. I felt like tonight is this, is this, there's something about tonight that's different. I've been sensing it this whole week. I've said to my wife, I just, there's something about Sunday night. And this afternoon as I prayed, I felt like the Lord said to me, Eric, I'm, I'm handpicking people to be here. And for those of you that's online, we're not excluding you. And by the way, if there's somebody that you want to invite to church, do that now. Tag somebody, share the stream. But God handpicked you to be here tonight. Do you believe that? He handpicked you to be here so that He can impart something to you. The sense that I have of tonight is almost like we're just coming to sit with our Father. It's like when you go and you sit with your dad and you just have a chat with your dad and you speak to him about life and about things and he shares stuff with you and you walk out of there thinking to yourself, man, this has really been good stuff. What I've learned from him, what he's imparted to me has really shifted something in my life. That's what I believe God wants to do tonight. This morning I, I preached with great passion and zeal. My throat is somewhat sore. Tonight I'm not going to scream at anybody. Is that okay? I'm just going to try and keep this tone of voice. But what I want to do tonight is I want to share something with you that I believe will change everything about your life if you can hear the heart of the Father tonight. Tonight I want to speak to you about faith, supernatural faith. You know what's amazing about the word faith is that it's everywhere in Scripture. It's like it's woven into everything about Christianity. Bible actually says it's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews chapter number 11 verse 6. It's impossible. I cannot please God. I cannot live a life that is pleasing before God without faith. Faith is intricately woven into everything that we do. 
And if that is true, if faith is such an important part of our walk with God, then it should be something that we, that we understand, that we have grasped, and that we know how to apply. Sadly, we find ourselves in seasons of our lives and we're all there where the very thing that God says, that pleases me, if you come to me with that, we struggle and we don't know how to come to God using the very faith that He has given us. Remember, faith is a gift. It's nothing the Bible says that you have done that have earned you any faith. Each man, each woman receives a measure. We strengthen our faith. We build our faith. That means that some of you see today have got more faith than others. Some of you might sit here tonight and you've got great faith. Some of you might sit here tonight and you have got little faith. But the beautiful thing is the Bible says even with a mustard seed type of faith, you can do something all extraordinary in your walk with God. So every single one of you seated here tonight, you have received faith. It's been allotted to you. It's been given to you. It's a gift. It's not a reward. It's not how well you've lived your life, how, 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 how little you have sinned, how much you have prayed, and then God says, he's been, he's been a good boy. Rehard, he's getting great faith. And then Zanine, no, she's not been all that lucky. She's getting small faith. No, it's not how it works. God, give, God gives a measure of faith to every single one of us. And we build our faith. We strengthen our faith. We grow in faith. We are established in faith. But if you don't understand how faith works, the currency of heaven, if you don't understand how it works, there's many things that you will fall short in in life. There's many areas, there's many times, there's seasons where you will be faced with a, with a test. You will be faced with an opportunity to step into something new and you won't be able to pass. Not because God doesn't love you, not because He doesn't care for you, it's just because you don't know how to apply the very faith that is given you to go from one dimension to another. I said to you this morning, and you've heard us speak about this for weeks, that God is moving this church into something new. The reality is, if I don't know how to apply my faith in new seasons of life, I can stay behind in an old season. And it's not God's desire, that's what I preached on this morning, it's not God's desire that any one of us should lack behind that God moves a group of people into a new dimension of things and some of us stay behind. It's like going through school, grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four. Uh, you, you journey through this year, you get trained, taught, established, you do things, there's exercises, there's tasks, there's, but at the end of that year, you write a test. The test is not to try and show you that you are useless, and that you're a failure, the test is to show you that you can move from one dimension now to another. Sadly, we don't like tests as believers, do we? No, we don't. Let's just be honest. We love it when God just moves us from one dimension to another. If somebody says, come, I'll impart to you something, then everybody's there. Yes, 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 yes. Let me take it, you know, let me get the, the quick impartation. I don't want to go the route the reality we don't want to write the tests but it's the tests that qualifies us to go from one dimension to another and it's in those times of testing where faith is needed <laughs> and some of you are writing some serious tests in your life right now you know what's the worst test to write when you not know that you're writing a test 
Hey? When you get called into your employer's office and, and something happens, he says something, some task is given, some instruction is given, and it's a test. You don't even know you're writing a test. That's why my faith needs to be active in every season of life. David went and he took cheese and bread to his boys, to his brothers on the battlefield, but he was walking into the greatest test of his life. And in that moment, it was his faith that moved him from one dimension to another. It wasn't the armor of Saul. It wasn't um, the strength of his arm as he, as, he sh as he used his sling. It was his faith in a God in which he is with, in covenant with that moved him from one dimension to another. And God wants us to understand that we have the power to exercise faith there's certain dimensions that you can shift there's things that you can change there's things that you can unlock there's things that you can open and you can step into one thing into another one dimension to another strength to strength glory to glory greater to great your faith has the ability to unlock it that was my introduction by the way are we ready to talk about faith tonight <laughs> I always use Rechard as my, as my prop, but tonight he's just bringing a prop. Can we just give him a hand as he comes? So I want to speak to you about faith tonight. Thank you. That's beautiful. So right here we've got a glass table. Beautiful little ministry towel. A bowl. The question is, why is that bowl flipped upside down? So all of us are thinking, everybody except me, of course, and Rechard, we know. But everyone is thinking. What are we thinking? What is under that bowl? So what is under the bowl? KFC, okay. Somebody wants to buy him KFC after the service? Okay. I think... In reality, that's how many people's faith look like. Is we know that there's something there that God wants us to possess. Something that He wants us to step into. But we've got no idea what's underneath that bowl. And the Bible says, when I have got absolutely no idea what's there, then all I can do is to hope that something is there. Can we quickly jump into some scriptures before we carry on? Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 1. Would you change the tune for me, my friend? Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 1. Now faith, let me just quote it. Now faith is the substance of things 
Come on, say that with me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Many people think that they are applying faith in an area of their life, but all they're doing is hoping for something to happen. And I want to suggest to you tonight that there's a difference between faith and hope. Practical example. Let's say both William and Richard trusting God for a new car. William is trusting God for a, he's smiling already. He's like, yes, Lord, I receive. And he hopes with all of his heart that God would grant him the desire of his heart. Richard is also trusting God for a new call, but he's got something different. Somewhere, somehow, whether it's been in his own prayer closet or somebody that's given him a word, but somewhere God has said to him, Richard, trust me for a new car. Both trusting God for a new car. The one has got something that the other one hasn't. The one has a word. May I suggest you that William is functioning out of a place of hope. Richard can transition to a place of faith. Romans chapter number four. Verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Who's it speaking about here? Abram. I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed. God, who gives life to the dead and call those things which do not exist as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Listen to this, verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since, was a, since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver, say with me, waver, at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced, say with me, fully convinced, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform and it was credited to him account of righteousness what if I said to you that underneath this ball is a bottle of Volpre still water can we maybe have silence on the keys for now can if I say to you, underneath this bowl is a bottle of blue Volpre still water. Then the KFC hope now moves to 
an expectation of something else. His hope was that there might be KFC. Some of your hope would be that maybe this is like the Oprah Winfrey show and I'm gonna hand out cell phones underneath there or there's chocolate slabs or something. But if I say to you that underneath this bowl there is a bottle of Volpre still water, then all of a sudden our hope of what might be shifts now to what can be. Are you all still with me? The question is, how do we really know that underneath that bowl is truly a bottle of water? Can you see it? Nobody can see it. So how do you know that underneath this bowl is a bottle of Valpre still water? So Richard says, the only thing he can do is he can take my word for it. Now we're diving into what faith looks like more and more. I wanna use the example of Abram and Sarah tonight. God said to Abram, Abram, you will produce a, out of your, I almost said out of your womb, <laughs> out of you I will bring forth many nations you will have a son and out of him I will establish many nations. Abram was 100 years old, says the scripture. Sarah's womb was dead. There's, I mean, it's impossible for anybody to have children at that age. But God gave him a word. There's something that God said to him, something that he couldn't see, but he believed that it was there. Okay, we're getting somewhere. So what is the very thing that moves us from hope to faith? It's the spoken word. Can I just take off my jacket as well? Okay, I feel better already. Is everybody still okay? I'm gonna be with you now. Just get a tune so long for us. So let, let me use an example, Sarah and Abram. God gives a promise of a child. There might be people sitting in this place tonight. You might be watching online and God has given you a promise of a child. I know of people in this church that, that had a promise of a child, but it, it's like they, for years they struggled. They didn't see the promise. Abram in his old age says, God, how can it be? Well, he, let's just take Sarah for example. She, she laughed. She said, how can it be that this body can give birth to a child? But there was a word spoken. I'm sure before God spoke to Abram, there was hope. It would have been lovely to have a child. It would have been amazing to have a child of our own. They had a hope. And the moment God spoke, something changed from hope into faith. Faith. God spoke something and now they had faith in something. That's where faith starts. Allow me to say to you tonight that faith is impossible without the spoken word of God. Why do I say that? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So God speaks to Abram, God speaks to Sarah and says you will have a son. They have something to hold on to. They Consider their bodies that's dead and they think to themselves, how can this possibly be? 
but there's a word that's spoken and that word positions them in the realms of heaven to have something to hold on to. Now the question is, how do we really know that what I have said is underneath there is really there? That's the challenge with faith. If I can try and, and come in as quick as what I can, that is the biggest problem that all of us have in faith. Is God has said something. Most of us or many of us don't always hear what God has said, but when we have a word, we say, okay, God, you've said that there's a bottle of water under there. But then the storms of life come. This man keeps on preaching. He's still not lifting up the bowl. You think to yourself, well, maybe there's nothing underneath that bowl. Come on. Maybe there's not a bottle of water. Maybe there's a bottle of Coke. You never know where these things can go nowadays with the preachers. I mean, anybody can go think anywhere with something. Are you with me? You're all still there. So how do you, through times of, Bible says that he did not waver. In those times where you want to waver, in those times where you want to, um, uh, where you feel like, God, I'm not sure if I can hold on to what you've said. What in those times keeps you remaining steadfast, focused on what God has said? I asked my children last night, we were around the table and I did this little exercise with them first, practiced my sermon. I said, kids, underneath that bowl, there's a bottle of water. And we were chatting and we were speaking about faith and different dimensions and I can see some of my children, they were getting fairly anxious now. Dad, just show us, I can't handle this anymore. Just lift up the thing, let me just see what's underneath. And the longer we were speaking, the more anxious they become. Can we just see what's under the bowl, please? Have you ever been there in your life? God promised you a breakthrough over your finances. He promised you, you will have a child. He promised you, you will meet your husband. You will meet your wife. God has promised you, you will see healing in your life. And, and there's times come in your life where you wake up in the mornings, fear grips your heart. Where, where, where friends and people around you start speaking and, and even just in, in what they want to be, you know, supportive conversation, you start to wonder, is it really what God said? Can I really trust Him for it? It's been three years now. It's been five years now. It's been 10 years now. I'm still in a mess in my finances. I still haven't seen the child that God has promised. I'm still single. God has said my business will prosper. I got a prophetic word from a prophet. I'm still not seeing it. I'm still broke. I'm not seeing the breakthrough. In those times, what do we hold on to? Come on, what do we hold on to? Because it's clear from scripture that God says what he loved about Abraham is that he didn't waver. In those moments where everything was coming against him, his, the state of his body, the state of his wife's body, everything said it's impossible. But there was one thing that he held on to, and that was the spoken word of God. Can I just say to you, everybody seated in this place, you know how a bottle of Volpre still water looks like. Am I right? I'm sure there's in nobody in this place that says, no, I've never seen Volpre in my life. You know what it looks like. So you know the contents of what is hidden here. You're not seeing it now, but you have seen it. And that's what the power is of the spoken word of God, is that we have seen it. That, I'm not sure if I'm still speaking to the right church. You have seen it. If God says, um, you will be healed, you've seen the scriptures that says, it's by His stripes that I am healed. If you say, God, I really desire to have a baby, we know that the scripture declares that He gives you the desires of your 
He's the one that opens the womb. Okay, if we see, if you've got this word that says, well, uh, God says he'll bring you a breakthrough in finances, you can look at the word and there's scripture upon scripture upon scripture that says God's desire for you is to prosper, to be without lack. Come on, is there anybody that can say you have seen the promises of God? So we've seen it. We know what it looks like. The challenge is the bowl is still covering it. Jesus says, blessed are you. I think it's in John chapter number 20. Blessed are you that have not seen and still believe. Meaning you have, you have got such an, an uh, 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 understanding of what that bottle of water looks like. You can almost see it though you haven't seen it. You've, and, and here's the beautiful thing. Here's what keeps you standing in those, in those times of, of testing. Two things that I wanna suggest to you tonight. Number one, it's in those times of testing for yourself, you can rely on the testimonies of others. You might say, well, my business is not prospering, but there's somebody in this place that can testify and say, God has prospered my business. You might say, I've not seen that child that we've been praying for, but there's somebody else seated in this church that says, I've seen it. I've seen God deliver the promise. You might say, well, I'm not seeing the healing in my body. There's somebody that's seated here that can testify and say, God has healed me. An amazing testimony that we saw this morning. My faith was just stirred again, how God touches people's lives and in moment is able to restore, to heal, to deliver, to set free, to do whatever God wants to do. So you have seen it. You've seen it in the lives of others. But here's the thing that I want to submit to you tonight. Here's the thing that has moved my heart more than anything else this week. God, in these times, I know it. I, I've seen it in your word. It's there. I believe it. You have said it. God, it's not hope for me anymore. It's faith. I put my faith in it. But in those moments where I feel like, God, am I missing it? God, um, God, why is it not happening? God, why is things not breaking through? In those moments, I needed to remind myself of this thing that he who promised is more than faithful. Listen to me. I asked my kids last night, how do you really, really know that there's something underneath that bowl? And Bianne said, it's because we know you, Dad. because we know you. Yes, I have lied many a times in my life about the DVD. Can I just confess in front of this whole church? For me as a dad, it was an absolute joy. I found such delight in, uh, and I did it for years. We, you know when DVDs were still the thing, when Bianne and Veronique was like small, I would come home on a Friday afternoon, it would be movie nights, Friday nights, movie nights. I would come home and they would be like, excited times a thousand. They, would, they know that dad is coming home and somewhere in the mix of everything he's bringing home, he's bringing home two DVDs. You know, I'd worked a dialer movie, get one and buy one and get one free. And every time I would come there and I would be like, yes, I brought them. They'd be like, woo, DVDs tonight. And they'd be like, dad, what did you get? What did you get? And I, I would always say, some, uh, I can't wait. It's something you've never seen before. And they're like, what, what, what? And I'll be something like Madagascar. And they'd be like, no, dad, we've watched Madagascar before. Am I right? Or I would come home and be like, you've never seen this movie. It's gonna be amazing. I can't wait. Toy Story. And they'd be like, no, dad, don't be serious. We've watched Toy Story before. And I would be like, no, are you serious? 
No, we haven't watched Toy Story. Mom, have we watched Toy Story before? And God and I would play along like, I don't know if we've watched it. like, but I got Toy Story. And they're like, no, Dad, please don't tell us you got Toy Story. And uh, I mean, there were times where they would hold out. They'd be like, no, Dad, we know you're joking. We know you're joking. But then it's like I would play that game too well. And eventually it'd be like, Dad, please tell us you didn't get Toy Story. And every Friday, you might think to yourself, you're such a cruel dad. Why would you even testify of doing that? But for me, it was such a joy just to pull their leg and see the expression on their faces when I actually show them it's something that they've never seen before and we would enjoy the movie together. That in its, in, in, in its essence is, is so much of what I wanna explain to you tonight. That there's so many times where the world comes, people come, situation comes and be like, no man, uh, no. Uh, maybe not. No, 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 it's Toy Story 2. No, 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 please, no, Toy Story 2. And we start to waver. But the one thing that she said last night, that's the key that I believe that God wants to leave with us tonight, is we can believe in the promises of God because He that promised is a good Father. That's what gives us faith to believe. You see, if, if there's something that I'm trusting God for, let's say I'm trusting Him for employment, and Stefan comes to me and he's like, Eric, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this for you. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna help you find employment. I know Stefan's hard to be towards me. I'd be like, man, that is, that is great. That is, that is awesome. Thank you for being a bud. But I know that he's human and he can fail. There might be some things he cannot do. But I can still believe that. But if some stranger comes to me like, hey, sir, you know, don't worry, you know, leave the employment with me. I can't put my faith in somebody I don't know. I can't put my faith in a character that I can't trust. And that's the problem why so many people struggle in faith. It's not because it's not there. It's not because the scripture doesn't say it. It's not because they haven't got a word to stand on. It's because they doubt in the goodness of God. It's because we doubt in the goodness of God. But God, you said that we would have a baby. You've prophesied it. And then time runs on. It's a year. It's two. It's three. We still don't see the baby. God, but you said. And we start to waver in unbelief. Why? Not because the word is not there. Not because we can't see the evidence of God's ability to do it. It's because we start to doubt is he really gonna do it for me? Think of your own life where you are currently. You might be trusting God for healing. There's a thousand healing testimonies out there. The question is not can God heal? The question is, will he heal me? The question is not can God provide? The question is, does he want to provide for me? And if I cannot believe that he is true to his word, that he is a, a God in whose character I can trust, I can lean into his covenant promises to me, then I will always find myself in times where I doubt, is there really something underneath that bowl? I can have three prophecies from the three greatest prophets in our nation. But there will always be times and seasons that tests that word in my life. And if I cannot believe that he is as good and as faithful as what he says, I will always doubt and think to myself, is there really something underneath that bowl?
So the question is, is there something underneath this bar? What has God promised you? What are you holding on to by faith? In your own life, what are you holding on to? What are you trusting God for? Some of you have trusted God for, for years and years for a specific breakthrough. You've not seen it. The question I want to ask you is, is can you find it in this book? Can you find it here? It's an honest question. Can you find it in this book? See, if you're trusting God for anything outside of these pages, it might just be hope. That's why God says, I'm true to my word. Ek is a waarmaker van my woord. Because God has got no obligation to fulfill anybody else's word. But he has bound himself to his own. And if I can search this scripture and see on these pages, it says, I am your provider, then I know he'll provide. I am your healer, then I know he will heal. I am the one that binds up the brokenhearted, then I know he can restore. I'm the one that can bring back together what Ever I have put together, no man will separate. I mean I can contend for anything, breakthrough in finances, health, my marriage, anything, because I've got a word to stand on. But I let me submit to you tonight that many people use these pages as some sort of a technique, a formula. I preached about it this morning. It's like this religious formula that we try and formulate within our lives where I try to use the words on these pages without knowing the one that wrote those words. I can tell you I've been to prayer meetings where people pray and it sounds rough. People pray in the spirit for hours, calling things that are not as if they are. They quote every single scripture off heart, perfectly quote those scriptures, but they themselves don't know God. That's why their scriptures has not manifested in their lives yet. Come on, am I still speaking to the right church here tonight? If I don't know the author of that book, those are just words. But if I know the author, then I know that he who promised, Romans chapter number four, he who promised is faithful. So here's my question. We're gonna play something in a moment. Here's my question. If there is a bottle of water underneath that bowl, how do I get that bowl to lift? Come on, is there any real people in the house tonight? Please, um, if I was you and I was sitting in these chairs, I would be like, please don't just preach a sermon about faith and, it, and leave me to walk out of this place and still wonder how in heaven's sake am I supposed to apply my faith now? Come on, is there anybody here? So how do I apply my faith? If my faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that seen, meaning there's evidence. I see the bottle of whole prey water. I know what it looks like. I know Eric, he's a good guy. He won't lie. He said it's there. It's there. That's, that's, the, that's, that's how I get into faith. I've seen the evidence, whether it's been the testimony of somebody else or I've seen it in Scripture. There's a spoken word of God. I have the evidence. It's there. I know the God that said it's there is faithful to perform it. Now I know it's there. The question is, how do I lift the ball? Anybody that wants to come take the mic and share with us? How do I lift the ball? How do I get the ball to lift? How do I see the evidence of my faith? 
Come on, is there any people here tonight that says this has been some of the, the real struggles within our own lives? That's been the questions. That's been the things that we've been battling with. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And that leads me to my point that I want to submit. And please let me just say, I'm not trying to say that I've got um, the, the ultimate insight in how to lift that bowl by your faith. I'm gonna to submit to you tonight what the Lord has shared with me, is that okay? And what I wanna share with you is this, that faith is an action. Say that with me, say faith. Some of you didn't even say it, say faith is an action. If you're online, type that, say faith is an action. Faith is an action. Geloof is an oxy. I don't perform something to acquire faith because I've said to you this in the beginning, faith is a gift that's been given. But as a result of my faith, there must be action because faith without works is? So we have faith that there's a bottle of water underneath this bowl. Do we have faith? Some of you are like, I don't know, Pastor Eric. I don't know if I can trust him. I'm still not sure. I guarantee you there's a bottle of water underneath that bowl. It's all I can say. The bowl is still there. I can't show you the water now. I can just say, I guarantee you it's there. Thank you, Pastor Shemaine. She believes me. Now the question is, how do I move that bowl? Faith is an action. And the, the question that we have to ask ourselves tonight is what action is God requiring of you right now? Because there is not one size fits all kind of an action to say, if all of you do this, then you will see the manifestation of your faith. But every single one of you need to apply an action to see your faith. Play something for us, I'm going down. Okay. Now I get a hand clap, I haven't said anything, I'm just going down. Thank you, was that you Dion? Shandai, bless you. Faith is an action. Say that with me. Faith is an action. Say it again. Say, faith is an action. Yeah, it feels so much better up here. I was like, what am I doing up there the whole time? Faith is an action. Some of you, no, let me take one step back. All of you are putting your faith out for something currently. How do I know that? because it's impossible to live a life as a believer and not need faith. <laughs> you either need faith for a breakthrough in your walk with God. You either need faith for a breakthrough in a relationship, a breakthrough in finances, a breakthrough in health. But all of us are trusting God for something here. And we all know that the currency that heaven wants us to use in getting it is faith. Faith. Faith is in action. Faith is an action. I've got to wake you up tomorrow morning, two o'clock, say, Shal, what is faith? And you've got to say, faith is an action. What was that? Was that an action? I don't know what that was. Faith is an action. Faith is an action. The question I want to ask you tonight is what action is God requiring of you? You see, there's some people seated here tonight. Listen to what I'm just saying tonight. For some of you, the action of your faith looks like doing nothing. I have a four-year-old. His name is Roald. Amazing Oki. We, we, me and him had a little talk this afternoon after church. 
if all the parents here know what I mean. We had a little discussion after church. Because in church today, he couldn't sit still. Let, let me just say, for any four-year-old to sit still for two and a half hours is nearly impossible. I think he did great. But there was a time where it wasn't like a, all that great. But there's times where I look at the world and I say to him, Ruald, no sit ye still. And he's sitting still is an action. You might say it looks like nothing. No, you're not doing anything. No, no, no. Believe you me. It's taking everything in that little four-year-old to sit still. The hardest action that I can ask of him in that time is to do nothing. <laughs> oh, we're getting somewhere now. For some people, the action required for your faith is to stop trying to do it for God and let Him do it for you. And I ask the Holy Spirit that as I speak tonight, that you will know exactly what your action is that you need. I leave here confidently that as you step out of this place, you will know my action to my faith is this. You will know exactly. And some of you, as you seated here right now, you know as I speak about stillness, that that's the one thing that you have not done. You have done everything else, but you have not remained still. There's certain areas in your life where you will only see the breakthrough when you are still and know that He is God. Some of you have been trying to work things out in your own strength. You've been trying to labor. You've been trying, you've done this, you've done that, you've declared, you've fasted, you've prayed, but all God wanted you to do is just be still. God speaks to Abram and He speaks to Sarah. He says, you're going to have a child. Can I submit to you that Abram's and Sarah's response to that word look different? I choose to believe that Sarah just needed to be still. And Abram's response looked something different because he was challenged by something different. And he had to action in a different way. He's what Sarah had to action hers. And many a people are going through life, shakata rabba in tongues the whole day long. Father, I call the things that are not as if they are. And they pray and they fast and they shout and it's spit everywhere. It's just, ah, ah, that's how they sound in the spirit that all God wants. Shh, just be still. And know that I am your God. I want to say to some of you seated here, you need to hear this tonight. There's nothing that you can do in your situation. And you've got to let go. You've got to let go. You've got to let go. And the Bible says, Abram gave glory to God. Sometimes, that's the response that God wants in your journey of faith. Is all you need to do is just give Him praise. Not the kind of turmoil faith, the striving faith that says, Father, I thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you. But in your head, it's not thank you. You're not believing the thank you. You're trying to manipulate God into something with your expression of what you believe faith is. 
Come on. And some of you just need to shift your mind tonight and walk out of this place and say, Father, I can do nothing about that situation. I can only give you praise. And then you love Jesus. Not call the things that that is not as if they are in a thanksgiving, I thank you, but actually they're trying to manipulate you. Do it, God. Just do it now. Please do it quickly. Not that kind of a thanksgiving. Just to love Jesus in the midst of everything that you're facing. There's some of you that's trusting God for a breakthrough in your business. Most probably, I'm not saying it's exactly like that, but most probably you can't sit still. Show me one business owner that just parks like this every day and just be like, I'm just relying on God, you know? I just love Jesus and everything happens. No, no, no. Any business owner in this place will tell me it doesn't happen that way. You stand up early mornings. You work hard. Late at night, you send out those quotes. Come on, is there anybody that... If the clients call you there, late nights, early mornings, then again, I can't say, no, 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 my action to faith is just, I just need to believe, you know, it's gonna happen. Can't tell you how many young people, ask Pastor Stephen that we meet, young people that's late 20s already, they, I mean, they almost 30, and they're still saying, no, I'm just believing God for employment, you know, just believing God. I say, no, my friend, God's not gonna send your CV. God's not going to knock on that door and say, here am I. I've dressed up. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. God, here am I. Use my life. No, no, no. Sometimes all I need to do is nothing. Sometimes what God wants from me is everything. And then I can't do nothing. And as I step out with God in that rhythm of His grace, not my own strength, in the rhythm of His grace, as I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, every now and then I look and it feels like that bowl is starting to lift in my life. I see the promise clearer than what I did yesterday. I believe it's closer than what it was yesterday. And the same holds for the man that sits and does nothing. As long as he waits on God in the time of waiting, then the longer he waits, the clearer that, that manifestation of his faith will become but the harder he turmoils, the easier it will be for him to see nothing of what his faith is believing for. What is the action of your faith? As I prayed in this week for you, I felt the Lord said there's some people, the action required is that you've got to start opening your mouth. Because sometimes what God wants from you is not working hard. He wants you to open your mouth and speak what he is speaking. That's why it says you can call things that are not as if they are. You can call it into being, not trying to manipulate God. Lord, thank you that I can call that and call that and trying to flesh out something that is not there. No, no, no. But there's a place where you come in alignment with what God has said and you put your mouth with His mouth, a two-mouthed sword, and you start to speak things into the atmosphere. You start to proclaim things. You start to release things. And as you do, it's like it pulls things out of heaven. It loosens the very promises that God has given you. What is God asking you to do tonight? What is God asking you to do tonight? Maybe your action of faith is that somebody else needs to lift your bowl for you. And please, I'm not giving anybody an easy way to cop out out of a faith journey in yourself. But many people, as they get to know Christ, they don't know how to lift that bowl. They don't know how to be still and know that He's God. They don't know how to say, God, I am in that rhythm of grace. I'm gonna work, move, live, and have my being in you. 
and I'll see what you want for me to see. There's people that don't know how to call the things that are not as if they are to bring into this realm the things that has been loosened in that realm already. That's why Jesus said, I give you the keys. I can loosen things and I'll see it manifest here. They don't know how to do it. That's why God has given us the church because for some of us, we need to be the ones that lifts the bowl for others. <laughs> uh, there's some people, they sit in church. Their response to a headache has always been, take a grandpa. They don't know how to believe God for that grandpa. Believe God for the grandpa. Believe God for the healing over the headache. But how many of us seated here have had the privilege to pray for people and see God heal? Hey? How many of us have seen God do it? So I can be the one that lifts the bowl for others. Say, so no, no, you know what? No offense against a grandpa, but come here. Let's trust God now that that healing will leave. Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> The headache will leave in a moment. And the moment I pray for that person and that headache goes, I have not just lifted that bowl for him to see what he's never seen before. I've given him a measure of faith to now believe for himself as well. <laughs> Question is, are we lifting these bowls? Are we lifting them? Are we looking at the spoken word, the written word, the rhema word of God for our lives? And have we become sold out to say, if this is the spoken word, I will hold on to that word with everything in me. Because God says he's the one that performs his word. If he said it, he'll do it. You might say, well, I've been waiting 30 years. It doesn't matter. Because sometimes all you need to do is just wait Something that Bianai said as well last night. But what do, we, what do we do if we don't see the bowl lifting? Well, we just keep on trusting. The question is, what do you do in the trusting? Do we need now start to waver in unbelief? Do I now need to think, okay, maybe I must do this. Maybe I must do that. Maybe let me find the bank and see if I can get an increase on my credit card. Maybe I must do this. Maybe I must do that. Maybe that, maybe that. And we start to find, our, we find ourselves in these um, waves of unbelief. Like the Bible says, we get tossed to and fro and a double-manded mind can receive nothing from God. No. God said, there is a bottle of water underneath that bowl. I've seen the water. I might have drank it for myself, but I've seen it in somebody else's hand. I've seen that testimony. I've seen it. I know it's there. Why? Because I know I can trust God. I can trust His testimony. I can trust His character. If He says it, it's there. It's there. And I'm going to stand in faith. And I'm going to put action to my faith. Whatever that action is. Whether I need to be quiet and just wait. And I want to say this. If you are here tonight and God has, has asked you to be still and know that He's your God, do it. For God's sake, please do it. Stop trying in your own strength to work out something that you cannot work out. Some of you are trusting God for things that you cannot do in your own strength. Let's use uh, Sarah as an example. She cannot make herself pregnant. Here, she can now there oplop in the tent. Here, I roep it in. Father, I call the things that are not as if they are. They no, just wait. There's nothing you can do. You can just trust God.
some of you need to put action to your faith. You've become passive. You've become despondent because you've tried and you've not succeeded. You've tried and you've not succeeded. You've tried and you've not succeeded. And now you've just become passive. Now los hier dit maar. Now I'm not trying to do good business anymore. Now I'm not trying to do good business anymore. I'm not trying to do good business anymore. I'm not trying to do God has made you a promise for a spouse, a husband, or a wife. Now you find someone, he's actually some scorbiac. You don't actually want to be with this man, but he's the only man that shows interest. And you're like, God, I'm almost 30. I'm almost 35. I'm almost 40. God, it's got to happen. And now throw him out, he's scorbiac. And then three years later, you say, Here, help. Pastor Stefan, counsel me. My husband is hitting me and he's abusing me. That's because you created an Ishmael for yourself. Because you weren't willing to wait on the promises of God. Come on, what is the action to your faith? I want to leave two things with you that I want you to remember. Two things out of this night. Number one, whatever God has said. It doesn't matter if it's impossible medically, if it's impossible financially. It doesn't matter what it is. If God said it, you can bank on it. You know why? Because of His character. Because of his character. If you see that scripture in the word, you can claim it and say, thank you, God. It is mine. And you can stand on it. Why? Because he is faithful to perform his word. Second thing that I need you to remember tonight is that faith is an action. Faith is an action. Faith is an action. There's an action. I'm closing with this last example. All of you are seated here and your action looks different. Some of you need to wait on God and let Him perform. Why? Because He wants to show you that He is God. He wants to show you that He can do what no man can do. He wants to show you that the glory belongs to Him. Sometimes the best thing we can do is nothing. Let God do everything. Sometimes what I need to do is to stop doing nothing and say, God, I will give you everything. Can't say God fix my marriage and then park on your lazy boy. He's not going to fix your marriage. You fix it. But it's with him. It's in his rhythm of grace. It's in the leading of his Holy Spirit. For many of you here, it's not an action of what you do. It's an action of what you start to speak. And I want to say tonight that you've got to stop and cancel every negative word of death that you've spoken over your own journey of faith. Some of you have said, yeah, my husband will never get right. Some of you have said, we'll probably never get pregnant. I'll never see a financial breakthrough. I'll never see that happen. I'll never this, I'll never that. You've got to stop those words because you have given power to words that it's creating a world in the spirit around you. And you've got to break them down tonight. Some of you need to do that tonight. Some of you made inner vows because you got hurt in the past and you've got to stop those words because you can't speak something into being but you've already released a different reality into the being, into being. No, you've got to stop the one so that you can give life to the other. <laughs> you've got to stop the one so that you can give life to the other. And then you've got to start to speak the very things that God has spoken 
and you call into being the things that are not as if they are. I want to demonstrate something to you. All of you are the different faith journey. All of you are saying, God, I, I know that it's my faith, the action of my faith that will perform something. Let me show you something. Let me demonstrate something. Through all of this, there's always been that thing in the back of our mind. There's always been that thing. There's always been that thought. What is really under the bowl? Is there really a bottle of water? Oh me, eh? We've just got to, can you imagine I close this service and I don't pick up that bowl? I, I, I know there's going to be some people here like, to hell with that, I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to come and lift this thing up. I'm checking if there's something there. Because in all of our minds, that's how faith works. There's always that thought, but what if? What if? What if? What if? What if? Some of you need to be still and lift that ball with your faith. Some of you need to move and it will lift that ball. Some of you need to lift that ball with what you speak. Some of you need to go to somebody and say, I don't know how to lift that ball. Please lift it for me so that I can find the faith to do it for myself the next time. But you know what? You know what's amazing about this journey of faith? Is that when we see When we see, <laughs> some of you are like, yeah, 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 okay, all right. It's when we see, when we see the object of our faith, it, this is exactly what happens. The bottle of Volpre got a better you know, cheer than I've had this whole evening. Why? Because we have finally seen the object of what we were believing for. The very thing that we were hoping is there, still we're not sure if it's there. Now we see it's there. Here's the reality, I can do this again. But I guarantee you, your faith to lift that ball is stronger now than what it was two minutes ago. Why? Because you've seen the water. You know it's there. <laughs> uh, uh, some of you will catch it later in your life. I have, I've, I've given you all the principles. I've given you all the scriptures, yet there's always that thing. But what if it's not there? What if it's not there? But now, now that you know that it's there, some of you are like, man, I don't care. I'll, I'll kick this table down. I know it's there. I'm taking my water. And that's what God wants in faith, is that when we can see the promises of God so clearly, that we know that we know that it's there. I don't care who, what says. You know, the net can't upstand. Anybody can stand up and say, no, it's not there. I'm just like, dude, just sit down, please. I've seen it with my own eyes. I know it's there. I don't care if I need to pray. And, and, and now I start praying. You know, maybe three years from now, I'm still praying. It doesn't matter. Why? Because I know it's there. I'll pray another three years. Because now I lean into the faithfulness of God's timing in my life. Why? Because I know it's there. I've seen it. I've seen it. I know it's there. And all of a sudden, for those that has become despondent, you know, I don't know if I want to give my faith anymore. All of a sudden, there's new faith. There's new vigor. There's like, no, man, we can do this. I can move that thing. I can lift that ball. Why? Because I've seen it's there. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's like an athlete that runs. He runs. He runs. And then he sees the finish line. Have you seen what an athlete does when he sees the finish line? I've been there. I mean, I feel like I'm dying. I can't do it. And then I see that finish line. Uh, all of a sudden, I hear that song playing. You know what song it's playing? You know what song I'm talking about? 
dun, dun. You know what song? Some of you are like, <laughs> you know, I don't Chariots of Fire, there we go. All of a sudden, Chariots of Fire is playing in the back of my head. I hear people cheering that's not even there. And I just chase for that. Why? Because I can see it. I see it. I know it's there. It's in reach. And I want to say to you tonight, that is what Jesus wants you to live by. Listen tonight. Blessed are those that haven't seen but they still believe that what he said and the character in which you lean into has become so real it's like having seen it but the bowl is not yet lifted it's when you can see if I give Bianaya a promise she says, Dad, will you buy me a new book? She wants too many, by the way. It's fine. I said, I'll buy all of them. And I said, baby, I'll buy it. She knows I'll buy it. She knows it. She's not seen the book yet. The take-a-lot order has not been done yet, but she knows that purchase has been made in the Spirit. Why? Because I have given her my word. It's done. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. God knows what you hope for. But in ultimate essence, it's the evidence. 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 But there's no evidence. Yes, there is. You've seen it. There's evidence. There's evidence of what I can't see. Can you put your faith in God tonight, friends? Can you believe Him again for the things that He has promised? Can you believe that He is faithful to perform His word over your life? That's the question tonight. Do you believe that He is so good that what He said, He will do? Do you believe that? We've got some very exciting believing people at the back. Do you believe it? Do you believe that He is so good that if He said it, He will do it? Yes, He will. I want to pray for people. Can I? Worship team, join us. This afternoon, as I prayed, I felt the Lord said to me, Eric, there's people that struggle to rise. I don't even think like that. I love it how God constantly challenges my vocabulary. And I sat with the Lord and I said, Lord, speak to me. What do you mean? The Lord said to me, Eric, there's people that struggle to rise. Because what does faith do? There's a lifting power of faith. Come on, if you go from grade one to grade two, you are? Well, Eric, what did it now? If you go from grade one to grade two, what happens? You lift it from one dimension to another, from one grade to another, from one reality to another. God lifts you, and it's faith that lifts you. It's impossible to be lifted without faith. And there's people here tonight, the Lord says, there's people that cannot rise. It feels like you cannot rise in faith. It feels like you've been stuck in a certain area of your life. It's like you cannot rise. You want to, but you cannot. You cannot rise. 
It's like you're not moving into new things. You're just stuck in one place. Do you believe that God can shift that for you tonight? It's about 17 of you. Do you believe that God can shift you? My apologies for moving so much. I see that poor camera lady. She's just like, and then I'm in the shot, out the shot. I'm just trying to get my steps in. (laughs) Do you believe that God can shift you tonight? Do you believe that God can loosen you so that you can rise? If that's you, I want to ask you to come. Let God do something in your life. I'm not talking about people that's struggling in areas of their faith. We're going to pray into some things now before we close. But there's people you, you cannot rise. It's like you're stuck. You cannot rise. It feels like you can't go up in God. I'm not talking about a specific area of your life, finances. or the, It's like in your life, your whole life, it just feels like you're not rising. And God wants to loosen you tonight. God wants to shift you into a new dimension. If that's you, come. God's going to do it tonight. Come. Come. <laughs>